You're listening to Black Nerd Radio. another episode of black nerd radio i um this episode is probably all the segment of um horror corner because it was you know this is the halloween episode even though we recorded it uh day after halloween and it's up a day late but um things happen and a lot of shit to do on halloween so cut me some slack (laughs) but um um, this whole episode, well, next week will be a more traditional episode, or at least a traditional episode, uh, with me, and then maybe a segment here or there, but, um, this, uh, this, this episode is primarily just the, uh, end of the month, uh, horror corner episode, we do a top five, and it's kind of a fun episode I do with Audra. So, um, I'll see you next week and welcome to the Horror Corner. Hello, I'm Damon. And I'm Audra. And we are, oh, I almost said something else. I almost said the, (laughs) the old podcast. We are the Horner, this is the Horror Corner. God, not the whore said... corner, not the horner core, but the horror corner. There we go. Um, and uh, this is if you're hearing this is uh, we just went we just uh, day after Halloween, All Saints Day, and Day of the, the Dead, the last of our horror movie of the week. Now I don't know. We might do this more periodically. Uh, for the podcast because I kind of like doing this. We may not be weekly, but we'll definitely. I think this will be a reoccurring. It'll uh, be segment. Horror, horror movies that we just love. Yeah. Mm. All right. Today's uh, movie is a 2023 remake of a 2017 movie. Or, or no. Is it 17? 2014 remake. Uh, Malum, which is um, a remake of 2014's Last the uh, last Shift. But this is also a remake uh, by uh, the same director. Um, which I'm like, okay, I get it, but what? Ugh. Well, it's, 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 uh, I've seen both, and uh, this movie does feel more like a complete story although last shift was a good movie um this one was a little more fleshed out as as far as the world that this uh well you know what i'll read the synopsis of malum and then we'll just talk about both movies and this movie and what we thought of it um a rookie police officer willingly takes the last shift at a newly decommissioned police station in an attempt to uncover the mysterious connection between her father's death, 
and a vicious cult. So um, that is very similar to uh, Last Shift, but in the Last Shift, uh, it's a woman and 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 she's the last shift on this closing police station. But um, so the there's con- no connection to her father. No. Okay. It's more about cult. <clears throat> so and- it's less of a, a conflict of interest and HR violation. Well, why would it be an HR violation? Because I, I'm just saying human resources would never allow someone who's a rookie cop on her first shift on to ever be at that place connected to her father, period. That just would be a conflict of interest and human resources would step in and smack some hands if that was allowed well, to happen. But well, I think what I think it wasn't supposed to happen because uh but it's from the you know the whole point of this ep of this movie was that they're not enough cops and they're stretched pretty thin and I think people just like because the crime because it's a no longer operating police station and it is no longer it's a closed case not a cold case right it's a closed case, case. so there is no conflict of interest. In fact, okay. she's babysitting an empty building. Building, what, yeah, yeah. You know, just basically keeping <clears throat> out the elements that are on the on the porch, uh, ca- on the front, causing ruckus. So I don't think it would have been an HR violation. But who gives a shit? <laughs> because <laughs> it is a killer cult outside, and uh, and and what is a phrase you often tell me? Suspension of disbelief. Okay. Yes, the suspension of disbelief. Um. You gotta have that, uh, at least make it believable, which, you know, it was fine. It wasn't this movie. Um, so basically, she, uh, we'll just talk about this movie, then I'll talk about the similarities with the other one. Um, I didn't watch the other one, I didn't, I didn't know I didn't, the other one. Yeah, I did. It, it, it wasn't needed, and I wanted to focus on this one, and I want you to have a clouded uh, judgment. I wanted to see what you thought of this movie. Oh and, boy, anyway. Um, so she's she's like in the the police station. She's a rookie cop, and she's seeing a lot of weird shit. And oh, you know what? What really irks me is when someone is over the top shitty, mm-hmm. and it doesn't get called out. I don't yeah. know. Maybe it's just me. That but... cop was an HR violation he, from 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 jump. Yeah. I mean, Completely he's all completely inappropriate. Asshole. He's all yelling at her, and <clears throat> I said, "Stop!" You know, she shows up to report to work at this place, and she was supposed to relieve uh, her superior who's there. And then he was, you know, you call me if there's anything that you need, but you know, don't call me, basically. Yeah. And something's clearly going on because he's kind of tied into what's he's happening a dick. here. Yeah, he was a fucking asshole. He's like yelling at her. No, I don't care if it's my first day or if I've been there 20 years. You talk to me that way, we're going to have a fucking issue. Right? <laughs> and I was just me? like, the fact the fact <clears throat> that she just ate it because she's new. Because she's a rookie. Made, yeah, but like I said, the fact that she just ate that shit because she's new. Uh, I was, I, I would, that bugged me. It bugged me that, too. Right, right out the gate. This is like fucking stand up for yourself. Like, first of all, this isn't the Marines. 
second of all, and he said some shit to her that you wouldn't say to females in a work environment or even out of a work environment. I mean, just, I'm sorry. And I'm sorry for using the term females, women. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm not a Republican, I swear. Um, (laughs) um, Yeah, it was just like from the get go. And you would think that a he would have been told she was coming and who she was and i mean it didn't seem like it was that big of a town no and you know this was supposedly a year after her father had the the culty stuff that i can't spoil like happened so i'm like i thought initially when they showed what you know set up and then I was like, okay, this is like, you know, five years later, she was like a teenager when that happened or something. No, this was like a year. And I'm sure the police academy is like not that long, but that would have meant, I don't know. I just was like the time thing got to me. Yeah, I'm- yeah. I, in fact, uh, I I had to go back when that jump happened because it open, has a cold open. And then what happens happens, and then it says one year later. Yeah, and I was like, "What?" And I was like, "So, like, there's a scene where she finds a photo of her and him, and she's a child, like a little kid." And yeah. I was like, "So why is she so obsessed if he died a year when ago?" She was like, "When she no, or, yeah. Well, or, it would make sense if it was a year ago because uh-huh. he went from being normal to doing what he did, which so, was a very bad thing." Yes. Uh, well. <laughs> In some people's eyes, I guess. <laughs> but but um, in a fuck the um, police kind of yeah. <laughs> but um, so I remember thinking when I'm watching it, the uh, I was like, "Why? You know, he died when you were a child. How are you thinking it's gonna?" Be? But that that incident is a reason they closed the case and <clears throat> emptying the that just. And know. and would they? I'm sorry, with the way that contractors are these days and the government bureaucracy. Maybe they were already building the new police station before that, but a year later and they're moving into new digs. Really? Uh, well, if it's something big that happened like that, I could see that happening. Mm. I mean, it it was uh, you know, but who cares? Again, yeah. we're t- we're well, just we're saying logistics. off the bat, the timeline's fucking weird. It would have made more sense or been more easier pill to swallow if it said a couple of years later or even like four years later, but. It, what it is, what it is, but um, I I'll give it the movie, the story, the wraparound. What was I? I kind of figured that a long time ago. Oh God! Into the yeah. movie. I mean, yeah. even if I hadn't seen the first one, I yeah. kind of got what was going. I didn't expect the very end to go the way it went. Oh, the, that yeah, yeah that <clears throat> did not yeah. happen in the last shift. So I I I thought it was. It definitely had some great imagery. The jump scares were phenomenal. Yeah. The 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 effects were all um, practical and great. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'll give it that. I felt the story was uh, incoherent, but gave you the details. Does that make sense? Like it yeah, just it it it. It didn't feel incoherent, but to at least to me it didn't. But what what it did, what it did do, it didn't it didn't spoon feed you the story. No, you had to be paying attention. Yes, and and, and it didn't it didn't fill all the holes, but no. enough to move it forward. 
I just, it bounced around a lot. And I did like the aspect of the, you know, is she hallucinating or is this really happening? And it's kind of, you're like, well, it's happening out in the street. She drove by it on the cold open or on the open. Okay. So mm-hmm. it's really happening. And with what happened with the, you know, the cold open and resolution, um, I'm like, okay, this is really going on. And then asshole superiors like, there's fucking mold in there. It makes you hallucinate. And then you're like, okay, we could have gone a little further into that. But I did like that aspect of, well, maybe she's hallucinating. Maybe she's fucked up. Well, there was, I, I, it's, it's, you know, this is just a personal preference. I kind of hate when they do that because I just want, I only like a little bit. And to be honest, this story. There was a lot of hallucinations and a lot of, oh, that's real. Right. So it was, I didn't want to go even deeper into that rabbit hole because it seems most of this movie is that. Mm-hmm. And um, I didn't, uh, I didn't hate it. I thought it was okay. Yeah, that's I, I definitely, I, but it, I definitely thought it was a little better than Last Shift. It definitely feels like more of a story is going on here more of a full story more fleshed out and um because it was the same thing in fact instead of a black woman as the lead it was uh it was a hispanic woman a latina mm-hmm. and uh because uh <clears throat> george uh is it george the director uh, i can't remember his last name is weird it's a db something <laughs> oh no it's uh anthony De Blasi. De Blasi. I was gonna say De Blasio, but yeah. Yeah, De Blasi, and he he uh he went with a he's he's a Hispanic male, so he went with a Hispanic female, and it was a smaller budgeted movie. It it but it felt like it felt bigger. Uh, this one was more fleshed out, and it was more of a a cause because you didn't really know. All you knew is that some bad shit happened, and and, and there's the some crazy. Station. There's some, and there might it might be Satan. Oh, well, it's definitely. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to spoil too much. Judging well, we're not by the cover art. Judging we're by not... the cover art, though, there is a freaking pentagram on there. Yeah, blood. and and, and <laughs> Malum Malum is, uh, Malum means, um, uh, uh, what is it? A demon of. A demon uh, bent on um, suffering and okay. uh, and and causing pain. So you know, it uh, we're not giving anything away, saying that what it, you know. It's definitely a cult, uh, satanic cult in both movies. But I think the the reason he remade it because he thought it was and as a you know, obviously on a much smaller scale. But as a director, I have stuff that I liked that I wish we could do a little better. Like I, I actually, there's a short we did a uh, short. I did. You, I don't think you were in it, but, or wrote it, but it was a short, uh, I did, um, uh, the walk home. And I liked, oh, yeah. I liked the original, I liked the, 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 the concept. And I, and I had some ideas doing stuff with imagery, but, uh, I did it again because I thought it was, I, it was good bones, but it could have been better. And well, that's like, exactly what he did with this movie. He, well, like, he and then, was... Go ahead. Then there's Saving Grace that we did that you never finished editing because we never finished filming it. 
right back like we're talking 20 years ago people maybe uh, what was it 2005 so almost 20 years ago this is something i'm talking about that we filmed and you've yeah. been wanting to revisit that and do it better and and finish it but we had all kinds of guerrilla filming really sucks <laughs> so yeah <laughs> just saying every time you watch something that you know is guerrilla film just know they went through some shit to get that footage we have stories yeah. Some of them involve police. A couple of times involve police. <laughs> Never anything bad. Because Damon has the smooth tongue and can tell the cops, where well, it's all good here. It's all good. Come on, baby. There's, there's, <laughs> uh, to quote Cujo, there's nothing wrong here. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so I get it. There's a lot of movies that have been remade because they're just, um, they just, um, they're good movies. They just could be a little better. Uh, like, uh, uh, just so funny. Just recently, I, I introduced uh, Cashel to. She's so not my fiance. She's so not a a horror person. But I, I, I show is. her movies. I show her movies that I think uh, she would like, or that you know, because she has like this blanket opinion on horror. And I try to show her that there's. You know, just like any genre of film, there's ebbs and flows. There's some that are that are just dark in nature. Some that are just gory. Some are actually scary. So I just showed her The Ring. Okay, and, that's uh, creepy. It's very creepy. <clears throat> uh, it's one of my I cinematography uh, uh, wise, I think that is a masterpiece. It is framed and colored corrected so perfectly it just just opening scene creates a mood mm. and uh just just the way it looks it's just beautifully shot it's all blues and grays and blacks and it just from beginning to end is just a great way to look it's so good that the original movie uh ringu which is a japanese mm. film uh the director of the original said that the American remake was better. He said he, they he said they took my film and made it better. So that's when a remake goes well, you mm -hmm. know, obviously um, <clears throat> um, the thing from another world was remade from John Carpenter. The thing he had, he's like, he liked the, the dynamics of that story and thinks thought, you know, this could be remade better. It could, it's a great, house we just need to put in better installation and better uh, uh, appliances and well, just case in and, point a non-horror movie that has been remade four times and has been made into four phenomenal movies on their own merit is a star is born oh yeah the lady sings <clears throat> the blues is the first time i saw a version of that right redone with diana ross and billy d williams um, every iteration of it has been a, a good, a good um, take on that story. So yeah, so remakes can be a good thing. You take something that almost had, almost nailed it, and just make it better. But um, and then you have Psycho. Yeah, well, like I said, <laughs> almost, yeah, almost. <laughs> Not quite there. Sometimes that you know with the psycho 
the the modern uh, the remake of Psycho should not have been a shot for shot remake. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Otherwise, it, 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 what it was was a shot for shot remake with added scenes that uh, Hitchcock had but did not want to or could really put in because it was 1960, mm-hmm. and it just wasn't uh, it wasn't appropriate back then. Well, and even as a screenwriter, an unpaid, unrecognized, not you know, even as a, a, a scriptwriter, I understand that you can puke out. Like I have learned long ago not to get butt hurt because I can puke out stuff, and then you pick out what is the most relevant and what works for what we're doing. Right. Okay, but you know, some of those scenes maybe didn't need to be in there, and Hitchcock knew it. Yeah, yeah, that you know it happens more often than not. Bless his um, sexually predatory little heart. <clears throat> yeah, he was definitely. Uh, yeah. We all have our demons. <sighs> he just, uh, he basically yeah. had a, basically had a um, kind of a crush on one of his stars, and oh, actually, he fucked with all the pretty women, but. Um, yeah. And he had a, if I can't have you, you won't work in Hollywood. So, woo! Anyway, back to Malum. <laughs> um, <clears throat> to be honest with you, I agree with you with the, it's just okay. Um, there were a couple of times where I'm like, Jesus, this is another just, I, I, I was unaware of the last shift when I watched this and you've now told me it was on purpose. And then yeah. like, what? Like yesterday, I'm like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. I didn't know. I would have watched them both. And you're like, no, I didn't want you to. Um, What I did see was someone who reviewed a comparison contrast of both movies. And what they said, and now makes me want to go watch that, is even though the previous movie, The Last Shift, was a lower budget, it was creepier because of that lack of ability to do the gore and the in-your-face kind of shit that takes more budget um yeah it definitely uh it definitely now both movies are low budget but and last shift is definitely smaller here's what sucks i checked for a solid hour rapid fire searches to try and find out the budgets of both movies i got like what they made yeah, but, like, but as yeah. far as their production budget, I couldn't find anything. Me neither. Me neither. So I can only guess. Um, but I, if, I, I'd say this was it's made two hundred twenty thousand gross worldwide and change. Um, so I can only guess that maybe he made it for a couple hundred grand. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe like, give or take. The lead I, actress in this one was in Split, which, while not a real, like still a M. Night, we will talk about him at some other time. <clears throat> M. Night, a movie, it was like a good movie that did well. Yeah. So, and granted, I looked her up and there's not a whole lot because she's from Britain, so she's more known over there. Right. She hasn't done a whole lot of like, she hasn't done anything big budget. But she's a good actress and has done a lot of stuff. So he was able to pay her. So I'm going to say, you know, maybe 150000 Maybe. Uh, I'd say at least a hundred grand for the first one. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, or for that, for this, for Malum. But um, I don't know about Last Shift. Uh, Last Shift was a smaller budget. It, although it kind of grows similar to what um, 
to what Malum made. Uh, the gross, uh, worldwide gross for last shift was one hundred eighty-one thousand. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I would, if I had to guess, I'd say maybe seventy, fifty to seventy-five thousand for the first one. Well, and I had seen in that review I watched that uh, the director made this because he wanted to do it with a better budget. And he wanted it to get a theatrical release. So I'm not sure what the minimum requirements are of theatrical release. So I think it was he needed, maybe he had um, schmoozed in the last almost 10 years, a better distributor, a better, you know, network. Maybe. But um, I don't think, I think, uh, well, it doesn't, it did get a theatrical release, but it was only in, 18 theaters okay so that's more we've been in one yeah <laughs> and it was not alone <laughs> so... <laughs> no it wasn't mm. Mm. no we've been but... in two that's right we've been in two but still not alone <laughs> yeah but uh it was um yeah 18 theaters so i had a small theatrical run and i'm assuming it was a four wall situation uh where you know a four walling is basically what we, you know, what I, what Ed and I did when we had our short films debut right. in theaters, you rent out the theater, you work out a door deal, and then you make, uh, you, you guys split the, the, the overhead where people coming in or concessions, so whatever maybe, deal you make. So maybe twenty thousand dollars of his budget was put toward that. It could be. It's yeah. very possible. Who knows? But um, um. It was, uh, yeah. So, last shift, I thought. I mean, give it a give it a look. I think it, it's uh, Malum is. It was we rented it on Amazon Prime, Prime. for three dollars. Uh, I think last shift is also available on Prime for. No, actually, it's my... on Netflix. Is it on Netflix? It's on Netflix. Well, there you go. What and to be honest with you, this is to to really, really, really be honest about the genre that this particular movie was in. It's not my thing. Um, I didn't always enjoy. I'd give it about a max of a two point eight. Um, I don't like the demon Satan movies. They don't scare me. They actually piss me off, um, especially since my. Why do they piss you off? Well, because I'm a pagan and. Case in point, just yesterday, my boss asked two of my very best friends if I'm a devil worshiper because of that kind of stigma and the demon shit. So I don't get into those kind of movies because they piss me off at a point where I'm like, wow, okay, everybody thinks I'm one of those fucking cult people and I'm sacrificing babies and drinking rat's blood. And oh, that's kind of silly. It's kind of silly to get mad watching it. it. it I, I hate me. What, what, I mean, I'll watch a movie. Uh, if it, you know, it doesn't bother me. I don't have that hang up. And I was raised in a church, and every time, I mean, there's so many things biblically that they get wrong, uh-huh. or they just. It's, so it's not. I don't. It doesn't anger me. It's just silly. Oh, every time there's some kind of demon they always have to go with the catholic with the priest it's just, I know, it's, just annoying. it's irritating i don't that's why it's but, annoying but it doesn't but it doesn't and, and i don't know i'll still watch it if it looks like it'll be good well but... sometimes i will too like i hey when the new hellraiser out i watched it 
Hellraiser's awesome. Well, and that's why I, say, I like Clive. And Parker. the remake, the and the remake was, was really good. good. Um, yeah, the there are aspects really of both I enjoyed, but it's still a demon movie. It didn't scare me. I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna say the original disgusted me, <laughs> disturbed yeah, me. I, but... There's very, very, very little that I can watch that scares me. Well, that's me so. too. The demon shit. That's another reason, like. So like okay like the movie there's a there's a movie uh, out now I we were gonna do it but I wanted to focus on some smaller uh, smaller films that people may not have heard of but there's like in my opinion uh, one of the best horror films of this year is probably Talk to Me okay and that movie is fucking great phenomenal it's a great it has great acting great story great scares it's just uh, really good and uh um and uh i really liked it and but it, i you know i can see how someone watching it would be scared but i just like well it's weird i almost watch horror films like clinically uh, yeah kind of it's like well that is a good solid movie did it scare me? No. No. Is it? Will I be able to sleep tonight? Absolutely. Well, like a baby. Like okay. But, but I can recognize that it's good. J- jump back to No One Will Save Us. What was that? The second movie we reviewed this in this series. Yes. Okay, that movie didn't scare me, but that beginning part with the little alien freaked me the fuck out. That's why I really enjoyed that movie because it actually like got that adrenaline. Like, oh shit! I gotta watch this tomorrow because I gotta go to bed soon. That's when for I go. Me, yeah. Uh, for me, what scares me, uh, in a lot of uh, horror, is situational stuff. Like, um, I don't know if you've ever seen uh, John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness. Yeah, years ago. But years. When ago. they're stuck in this church, uh, the scientists are stuck in this church, and they're trying to run code on what what essentially is like. Uh, what are you tapping? My, I'm opening up my iPad. No more tapping. No more tapping. <laughs> Can you hear my cat purring next to me? She is. I did hear. I did hear <laughs> earlier. Okay. But I knew what that was. The okay. tapping is too much. But um, the um, the um, what was I saying? Oh, uh, the situational stuff like uh, hereditary. Uh, or midsummer stuff like that. Like, be it's like I can put myself in that situation and go, God, that would be terrifying. But watching it that's, doesn't scare me. Or, or a great one I showed Cashel because it focused on like therapist, and that's you know that's what yeah. she is, that's what she does. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the movie Smile, mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. a movie that sticks with you and has you thinking about it long after you've watched it. That eeriness—that's what gets me. Uh, and and fuck jump scares. I hate jump scares because it's it cheap. I, if there's a good one, uh, it's like kudos. Like there's a jump scare in uh, the movie It Follows that just is perfect because it is. It's not like a buildup to where the music tension and then it's a cat. You know that bullshit. Right. Someone right. someone just walks in the room. And startles them, and it it's like a natural reaction that anyone would have. 
And I was like, that is a perfect jump well, scare. Right and, and even like between you and me, you've watched way more horror movies than I have. Um, because there's a lot of them I'm like, yeah, no. Um, but <laughs> we both know when they're coming. We know by the setting. We know by the music. We know by what's going on. We know by the actor's mood. We know exactly what's coming. But if there's a jump scare that I know exactly when it's coming and it still makes me go, ooh, it's not that I'm actually scared. I'm like, motherfucker, they got me. Yes. Yeah. They got me. I knew it was coming and they still got me. So that is the jump scare I'm okay with. Um, yeah, that takes skill. That, yeah. that takes skill to do that. Yeah. And then you go, oh, then you laugh. You're not scared. You're just like, that motherfucker, that made me jump. And then you're like, oh, okay. I, they got me. I'm good. Um, but I say the, the the horror movies that I like are the psychological thrillers because that's the shit that could happen most of the time. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, movies that scare us, I uh, not necessarily scared or, but I wanted to go outside the realm of what you usually would. Uh, I have a top five. And I usually would go and, you know, what are your top five favorites? Or I want, I know for a fact you're not big on supernatural horror. Nope. But there's a lot of good supernatural horror. Agreed. So there is, so this, this top five isn't like of all time. It could be like my top five that I have for now will probably change next year. And, uh, you know, the next, the next year, the, this time of year comes. So, but I just, the, I do have a top five I like to revisit because they're that damn good. So um, we'll just go. That was a great segue into our top five supernatural films this year. doesn't have to be new. Just top oh, five. this year? Have. I thought it was top no, five. No, 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 no. I said it all. doesn't have to be this year. Okay, good. It just whatever you're liking this year. Okay. So uh, uh, we'll stop at start at five and go to number one. We'll go one for one. So okay. I'll start with my number five, and it's from Oz Perkins. That's uh, Anthony Perkins' son, who's a pretty good director. And this movie is uh, – it was on Netflix. I think it's still on Netflix. And um, I think it's – I don't know. I think it's really good. It is called I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. And it's a very, very slow burn movie that's almost just two characters. A woman that died in this house and the ghost that resides in the house. Okay. So it's a ghost story that's told from the perspective of the ghost. I like that idea. I yeah, like I do too. I, and it's very, I, I think you should watch it okay. when you get a chance. It is a very quiet film. Um, <clears throat> Oz Perkins does these really thought-provoking, slow-burn horror films. He's also done um, some other movies I really like. He's done The Black Coat's Daughter. Uh, he's done, uh, oh, was it Gretel and Hansel? Not Hansel and Gretel, Gretel and Hansel, which is like... Not, not Hansel and Gretel and the Bong of Destiny or whatever that one was. There was a Hansel and Gretel that involves them like running through a weed forest. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, this, that was... this, this is like an actual spooky Hansel and Gretel movie. Which was an actual spooky story in reality in the beginning. 
it was a Hansel and Gretel is a cautionary tale of no of being banned parents. <laughs> so. Oh yeah, but oh, yeah. this one, uh, um, but I, if you can have a movie with one or two characters, and I, and just uh, uh, you and I have talked about because uh, I have a project idea couple, but I wanted to just uh, just for. For a couple reasons, one for uh, time, and also I want the challenge of trying to make uh, something with w- very minimal amount of characters interesting. Uh-huh. And when you have a um, when you have a movie that has like one or two characters, and you're still engrossed in the story, that's good storytelling. And that's what I am the prettiest thing in the in the in in this house or in that house is to me it's very like like i said it's very quiet uh it's interesting and it's beautifully shot like all the stuff he does it's very pleasing to look at and it could be just simple things but it's the lighting and the mood that you're setting just with a picture so i that uh, as far as like um supernatural i really like that story okay i i find myself coming back to it and I, I don't quite know why. So, but it's definitely one I like. Okay. So, so my number five, you're going to giggle and scoff at that. <clears throat> From dusk till dawn. Why would I giggle and scuff? Because why? it is not creepy, but it is a supernatural horror. I absolutely this love isn't it. About, this isn't about <laughs> my favorite. It's about what you like. From dusk till I, dawn. I, that's also a movie uh, I introduced Cashel to a couple weeks ago. She'd never seen it. I absolutely and... love the campy but gross vampire. I it was just the it's it's a good Tarantino movie. It's a great Tarantino movie. Well, it's a great Robert Rodriguez movie. I know, that but Tarantino he's in it. Wrote. Yeah, Tarantino yeah. wrote it. It yeah. you know he wrote it. It doesn't matter. And he directed. It. He wrote it and acted in it starred in it you know his dna is definitely in there in there and you know how i feel about his heinousness tarantino um i i i really as a supernatural horror and i love campy horror i freaking love from dust till dawn visually you can't it's like a comic book movie almost and oh what i what i love about it is that if you go in cold you don't know what's going to happen. Exactly. Like I, when I saw that movie in the theater, I saw it with uh, a mutual friend of ours. Well, more of a mutual, more a friend of mine, but you know of him, Armando. Oh, I've met Armando many times. Yeah, and <clears throat> uh, we went with our friend, who was my roommate at the time, Nikki. So the three of us went, and Armando and I wasn't like we were not saying. I mean, when Dustal Dawn initially came out, it was. It was on the heels of Pulp Fiction, yeah, and at the rise of Tarantino, because Tarantino at that point had done Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, and it was looking like he couldn't miss, which mm-hmm. he still hasn't really. He's nine movies in, still has, still you know, going to retire after his tenth on top, probably. Great for him. He's but, a um, film genius, just an, a horrible person. But anyway, <laughs> <clears throat> but um, uh. We, you know, she thought, and she didn't see a ton of the trailers because the trailers let you know something is going on that's supernatural, but you just don't mm. know what. 
at least the trailers back then showed that. And uh, she she just knew it was a movie written by Tarantino and directed by Robert Rodriguez, who had, at that point had just done El Monterachi, which was like put him on the map as like the action guy. And El and... Monterachi was not great, but was also awesome. El Monterachi was great. Uh, but, uh, El Monterachi was great. And uh, see, see, you do that movie on film with seven grand. Oh, I know, I know, I know. But the story itself was but, brilliant. Uh, yeah. But oh yeah, he had he had just done Desperado. Actually. Oh yeah. So Desperado, which is like a soft remake of, of El Monterachi. Yeah, so they were both she kinda... had she had zero idea what she was walking into. All she knew was that it was like a Tarantino esque movie. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mar Armando and I knew, but we weren't we didn't talk about it. We just th- assumed she knew. So when the the vampires came up, she, I literally remember that she was like. What the fuck is happening? Yeah. Oh, it was great. She had no idea because nothing tells you that you're going to step foot into a vampire film because it's literally one half crime thriller. Right. And then and then it just takes a left turn into <laughs> war. Goes, yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, and it was like that's why I love And it. if you if you don't and if you don't <clears throat> know, it's like holy shit. And you know, looking at that movie, Tarantino wrote that when he was in high school. He just mm-hmm. blew the dust off a of script and updated it, and they they made they were both hot directors at the in during that Dogma ninety five movement. Yeah, but like, I can guarantee the script he blew off needed a lot of revising. <laughs> so, revision, but yes, uh, but um, I yeah, no, that's that's a good movie. I I, a, I, I own that movie. It's a it's a great movie. Yes. And what's your number four? My number four is a little-known movie. I've talked about it in the past. Uh, it's called The Pact. And you could probably find this on Netflix because that's where I initially found it. And there's a, a, it's a sequel also, too. Um, hold on. The Pact. And here's the thing. It's... I I initially watched it because I thought it was going to be a throwaway movie. It's 2012. Um, uh, it, uh, the star of the movie is Casper Van Dien. Remember oh, him? What the fuck? Okay, yes, I remember him. Unfortunately, well, yeah, he was just like a pretty boy that got uh, Starship Troopers and kind of. He's kind of zero charisma. Yeah, he's actor. He kind of just does Mm-mm. the same thing but let's this... just say he's he's uh who's who's goddamn it who's captain america which chris is captain america oh which chris evans chris evans he's a he's a kirkland chris evans uh yeah i could see that yeah um he uh he's actually directed three movies well hmm. oh, i did not know sometimes that. your talent lies elsewhere but he is kind of your go-to, well, at least he was for 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 a while, kind of like your go-to B-movie guy. Uh-huh. And I saw this trailer, The Pact. It was like recommended on Face on uh, Facebook on uh, Netflix, and it's basically this woman who comes to grip with her past in the after her mom dies, so she goes back to the house to kind of clean it out, uh-huh. and. And her sister disappeared shortly before that. But what you know by watching is that her sister disappeared in that house. 
Oh. Like she was pulled into a closet. So the movie is half, uh, half stalker thriller, and okay, it gets, like has that. a supernatural turn. Okay, it, it it really blew me away in the in the first half hour because what happens is like practical shit that happens to everyone, and then there's a turn that gets supernatural, and you're like. What the fuck? So it's a little bit <laughs> of that both. happen? And then okay. Casper Van Dien shows up, and now it's a cop procedural, but he's kind of thrown into this world. He's playing against type. He's an older man at this point when this movie comes out. So he's playing an older man. Mm-hmm. And uh and uh uh and it's just it gets kind of it gets a little crazy, but uh it's like part murder mystery, part uh, psychological drama. I ended up really liking it because it's a supernatural esque movie that doesn't stick to the same tropes, and it you don't know you're watching a supernatural movie right away. So yeah, okay. I, I I strongly recommend you check it out. I mean, I think it's I think it's really good. There's this, also a sequel to it. Um, of that's, there is. <laughs> that's also pretty good. But it it it, it kind of <clears throat> leans into the supernatural more, uh, and it it is fine. It's fine. I don't. It, it's not like um my favorite, but I really like that first one because that first one really swung for the fences as far as I was concerned. Excellent. <clears throat> well, so, my number four. Yes. You're gonna notice the theme here. Lost Boys. Ugh. That is a classic. It's a fucking classic. It's a great vampire movie. If we're going on the supernatural spectrum, I love me a sexy vampire. Okay. And Kiefer Sutherland, young Kiefer Sutherland as a vampire. Come on now. Come on now. It's one of Cashel's favorite horror films because oh, uh, it's like it's because it's it's more fun. It's barely right. horror. Well, you know me. I love a good campy horror movie. Yeah, I wouldn't call that one. Uh, it's a little camp with the kids, but yeah, it's it's a fun movie. It's a fun movie, and it's vampires, and it's done a little differently. They're yeah. they're t- traditional vampires, but they don't take it in a twilight direction. You know, no, so no. they're rough around I, the edges. Yeah, I I but I like my vampires to be. I I like my vampires. This because there's all these like every genre there's subgenres and then with vampires there's your cool vampires right there's your tortured soul vampires and then there's your vampires that revel that he's like that revel in what they do but you definitely do not want to get bit by a vampire there's right. nothing no and well, those are the and... ones I like like uh, the vampires of Thirty Days of Night yeah they're those okay I kind. didn't really yeah. that movie was all right. Um, yeah, the movie's fine. I thought that the, the fr- like yeah. I, I like the love at first bite vampires. So. Oh, get out of town! <laughs> <laughs> All right, number three, bro. Number three is a different movie, uh, but I always come back to it because it is a slow burn, and it is quiet, and it it is scary because you don't see what it is. You hear, and it even talks to you. And I'm talking about the Mothman prophecies. Oh wow, I haven't seen that in the years, years. Okay. Um, I think I think that's a slept-on movie. 
because it's Richard Gere and he kind of accidentally falls into well, he he gets he gets obsessed with the Mothman because well he finds out that's what it is that kind of killed his wife. Uh-huh. And it what killed her, it wasn't that she that it attacked her, it's that she saw it. Right. Saw it for what it was and that's enough to kill it. And the whole for me the movie is just builds on this this thing that that is you know you that is so much smarter than you and so ahead of the game it's like the last thing you want is to be on its radar because now your life is fucked uh, yeah, and that's basically what yeah that's basically what happens and so he's he's investigating this and now this thing looks at it calls him and I, there's a sweet scene where he's in a hotel in the town, uh, and it imitates people. It, it, it's like the scene where he's in this hotel, and it calls him. I mean, it calls him because uh, he's investigating it, but he's talking to it, and he's like, he's like, I know what you're gonna say. I'm smarter than you. This, it's just, this is silly. Your pursuit is just gonna end badly you can't stop what i'm going to do and he's like oh if you are so if you're so um advanced or you're so ahead of me what am i doing he's like you're reading a book and then he starts to tell him what he's reading as he's reading, reading it. it yeah and then he so he talks to this expert and this expert's like look at the mothman it's like why would you? he's like he was like, get to this point where he's confused like why won't he tell me what his motivation is and he's like it's beyond our not our record. It's you know the the specialist is trying to tell Richard Gere that it's beyond us. He's right. like, would you try to explain your taxes to an ant? Right. How would you do that? Right. You know, and and that to me is scary just to think about. I really like this movie. It's it's not like it's not like boo scary. It's more like fuck. That would if I put in that situation, it would. I'd be terrified. I wouldn't know what to do. And then she, he starts in doing this investigation and talking to all these people and they're telling him stories of their run-ins with it. And none of them don't even want, a lot of them don't even want to talk to him because they don't want to be on its radar. It's uh-huh. like just bringing it up could bring it back into my life. And that's something I do not want. And so I, I really liked that. I really liked it a lot. And it doesn't do a lot with effects. The story oh, well, is what drives it. It's and, from and, the '90s, right? Late '90s. Uh, 2002. 2000. Okay, early aughts. But still, of course, there's not a lot of effects because back then CGI was expensive as fuck. Well, so, there's I can pull up 20 <clears throat> movies with the same budget as this, and that do a lot with special effects. This story is just this story is more driven. It's not because it was budgetary reasons. It was more driven by story because the movie was like uh what 32 million to make and that's plenty even well, back probably then. 10 million of that went to richard Gere because he was like in his like heyday declining so he could still get a good you know fee and the movie wasn't it was you know it wasn't wasn't really successful i mean it didn't lose money but it didn't really it didn't really break you know it didn't really set the world on fire but it's one of those little movies that people just kind of overlook and I, I I dig it. I've always thought it was a good movie. I'll have um, to revisit it. I literally have not watched it since it first came out. But I got it at Blockbuster. That's how long I've watched it since I've geez. watched it. So 
Yeah, if you go expecting something like I don't know, I just I I I'm more I mean, I don't get me wrong, I like a good cut you know, slasher movie and I but what gets me is when it's a good story. That's one of the reasons I really liked Hereditary because you take out the horror element and you have this hard hitting drama that right, yeah. like you know, it's hard to like uh hard to deny the acting everyone's doing is top top notch. So in that that this movie was kind of the same. It's character driven and I really liked it. I dug it. So yeah, Mothman Prophecies is my number three. All right. So this one may surprise you considering the main actor and you know how I feel about him. Willie's Wonderland. Oh, yeah, that's weird. It is weird. I hate this, Nick Cage. <laughs> I think Nick Cage is a fucking phenomenal actor. Uh, I can't he stand really him. is. He I, really I, is. And, and I'm not saying he's a bad actor. I just can't fucking stand him. I want to punch I mean, him in the he, face. Has, has he done some shit? Of course. Yes. I try to find an yeah. actor that hasn't done a shitty movie. I'm just saying, like, you know, our friend Evan. Evan wants to punch Bradley Cooper in the face for no reason. I just No wanna, reason. No, I always yeah. want to. Well, I wanted to punch him in the face with other parts of my body, but um, no, I want to punch Nick Cage in the face. I just can't stand Nicolas Cage, but I love Willy's Wonderland, and you know what? He didn't say a word in that whole movie, and he was great. He was fantastic, and it was creepy, and it brought up childhood, because I'm a child of Chuck E. Cheese, remember? Well, it's funny you just brought that up. Uh, I just watched with Ellie's. We had a little party here Sunday. Because their friends came over and they all wanted to watch uh, um, Five Nights at Freddy's, which is basically uh-huh. what Willy Wonderland Willy's is rip- based on. Yeah, it's ripping off Five Nights at Freddy's. Willy's Wonderland is. Um, you only have to change forty percent. It's not ripping it off if they change forty percent. Well, <laughs> they changed more than forty. I mean, but the concept is is. I mean, it, you'd be you'd be hard pressed to argue that it's not. The source material is in, definitely inspired by Willie's one oh, by Five Nights at Freddy's because the whole thing of like the animatronic things are coming alive to kill people and they're possessed. Yeah, yeah. That's all. That's all Five Nights. Anyway, I just saw that with with Eloise. Uh, I love it. Ago. I love it. I love that Nicolas Cage is all straight up nonverbal acting. Okay, which I think is the only thing he's good at because I hate you're, when he you're talks. You're fucking wrong. You're fucking I, wrong. I hate when he talks. <laughs> you're um, fucking wrong. And I, I, I love that movie. It was creepy without being over the top. It, it brought back childhood trauma of going to Chuck E. Cheese and always being freaked out by the animatronics, right? And mm-hmm. I, I love it. I, I didn't know anything about Five Nights at Freddy's when I saw Willy's Wonderland. And so I probably would probably love Five Nights at Freddy's. So, well, I I didn't care for it so much. In fact, on this episode, I talk about it before this segment. Mm-hmm. But um, it um, it definitely has some cool things about it. But eh, it was just okay. I love it. Doesn't it. It, it doesn't get no no. I'm not talking about yeah. Willy Wonderland. I'm talking about oh, Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, okay. Um, but uh. Uh, yeah, check it out. It's I mean it's in theaters now, but if you have Peacock Plus or Peacock Premium, it's free on there. Thank so you. it's in theaters and on Peacock. We watch it on Peacock because I have Peacock, but You're a it, you know, whatever. Peacock. I just want to watch my movies when I want to uh, watch okay. them. Okay. <laughs> so number two. Oh, hold on, hold on. Uh, I wanted to suggest another two Nick Cage movies you might like. 
Yes. That uh, don't give me that sigh. <laughs> Fucking listen, lady. You can't um, tell me what to do. You watch it. He's gonna make it. No. Um. If you, he's actually does a good job in uh, in actually. Uh, now that I think about it, he does a good job in um. Oh, the Renfield. That, oh yeah, I love Renfield. Renfield was awesome. Renfield because he was so he was he, he was, was like narcissistic asshole. I loved it. Yeah, he was he was doing like old Dracula, mm-hmm. but with like I was like I like that. Everyone he, else is modern. He's like old Dracula. He's like Bella Lugosi style. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I loved him in Renfield, but but um uh two movies that I think you would like uh with Nicolas Cage because he just fucking nails it is Mandy. I haven't seen that one. Oh my god. Uh that movie's a trip. It was so funny. I saw that movie with Gabe. He and I went and saw it at like the Hollywood and and <laughs> I think uh my quote when we first saw it was uh that movie's fucking weird. <laughs> I don't know if I like weird. it. I don't I don't know if I like it or not, but I I already want to see it again. <laughs> and Ethan Gabe was like, "Yeah, that's kind of what I was at. That's kind of where I'm at." But um, Mandy is very good. It's okay. fucking crazy. It's a trip. There's a scene where Bill Duke pops up, and everyone in the theater was like, "Bill Duke? What is Bill Duke doing in this movie?" But it was fucking kind of. It was really cool. Um, another one, uh, Cosmic Horror, very uh, Lovecraftian. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh, Color Out of Space. Okay. I'll and check that one out. That one was fucking beautiful to look at and crazy. Like uh, one of my best friends loved the cage, so I will like sit down with her and watch those movies. So. Yeah, it is very uh and color out of space, you're just waiting to see uh uh Cthulhu somewhere. But oh, it's very okay. it's very it's very cosmic horror. Because I, I tried to recently read a book that is uh, um, Cthulhu versus Sherlock Holmes, and I got like a third into it and was like, this is too bizarre. So anyway, um, number two. Number two for me uh, um, is creepy as fuck, still creepy to watch. Uh, and that is the Japanese version uh, of The Grudge, the original. Which mm, that was Ju- a great Yep. Juon. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Japanese version, not the 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 Grudge American version, garbage. Second one is actually not bad, the American version, but the first one's not good. But Juron, the first one, the Japanese version. I remember you. Fuck, I remember you ripping that DVD and bringing it over, like you got to watch this shit. <laughs> I remember yeah. that. Yeah, I saw for the first time with my ex girlfriend at the time, Claire. And it was playing in the theaters when I first opened. I read about it, and I wanted to see this movie. And it was playing for two, uh, two nights at the Fox Tower. Oh so wow! We got we got up and eleven thirty saw the first the morning show of it. We were both blown. She had she went in completely cold. She mm-hmm. was just going on what I told her that I read that I really wanted to see it, and it was only going to be there for two days. So I was like, we got to go. She's like, I ain't got nothing to do. Let's go. We were both blown away by it. This great, great movie. Still to this day, fucking creepy. Oh, creepy. Creepy as fuck. Yeah. 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 And actually created tropes that are still used today. 
100%. It was like the first to use the like Japanese girls, the long, dark black hair. Yeah, black hair. That, and the... that, This movie did that first. It set a yep. ton of tropes. Yep, it did. Also, 2002, very lo-fi, mm -hmm. uh, all practical, fucking just... And I love the mythology because it's like, it's a haunted house story that is almost like a like a venus flytrap oh but like house. just because there's yeah some scenes are just fucked up it's like you if you step foot in that house you're fucked yeah you know even if your intentions are just to drop a newspaper off or drop off some mail just ignore the house because the yep. minute you step foot on that property it's a wrap for you don't even be an amazon delivery to that yeah house. exactly i mean well that's the whole movie it was mm -hmm. like just leave it alone. I mean, just, and you know, it's uh, it's just don't even mow the lawn. <laughs> yeah, just fucking walk away. Yeah. And I love that about it because it's yeah. like, you know, there's no like you're gonna get your, you know, there's no rhyme or reason. It just is. It's just an evil place because some evil shit happened, and they're just and too evil spreads. to die. Spreads and it yeah. spreads. It yeah. spreads. Yep. Well, my number two is a very old movie and it's one i know you know quite well the entity wow you want to hear something crazy what that was almost my number one. Oh, really yep <laughs> yeah the entity it was almost my number one but my number one is a really good one so but i no, love the, the entity, entity. Is, it's, it's a great movie and the practical effects it's okay the premise is because nobody here is probably old enough to fucking have heard of it. Um, yeah, this is 82. 82. Um, this woman buys a house, her and her children. She's a single mom. And the house is haunted by a poltergeist, which is a very special fucked up thing. Yeah. And it, well, we're not allowed to use the R word on social media. So I'll say it sexually assaults her in her sleep. And the practical effects, I don't even know. I've tried to figure out, find out, like, commentary on how they did that. Oh, like, I know. You, There's a scene. How you saw the I fingerprints. Think I yeah. That's um, uh, so funny you said this. Uh, I have the special edition Blu-ray because, of course, I do. And it comes with. Because you're a hipster. Uh, I'm not a hipster. I'm just a you, film fan. Oh, you're a horror hipster. <laughs> anyway. I Yeah. Anyway. I. Uh, I think uh, uh, what what they did uh, is funny because you there's a scene where she's being uh, sexually assaulted by the entity and okay. she's uh, a guy that you know back then it wasn't called then but it was a guy that she would you know it's like a fuck buddy whenever yeah. he would come to town <gasps> oh though, no she had a fuck buddy yeah. well he was married remember mm -hmm. she knew that but oh, they're they just they're just friends that you know bumped uglies on occasion when he came through town and she was like you know she needed uh she needed her pipes cleaned and so did he so <laughs> so we he all goes, do from time to time <laughs> so she she gets naked and she gets in bed and he's coming back from fresh neck up in the bathroom and he sees it mm -hmm. uh she's she's like still she's being forced down and you see her breasts being groped by invisible like hands fingerprints yeah finger marks yeah. yeah yeah they're squeezing and she's like help me and he's like he ends up breaking a chair over the entity but she moves 
just before contact and ends up hitting her with a chair, breaking <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> but uh, how they did it was um, that's a real that's a real creepy movie because that's another one where no rhyme or reason. It's hard to get someone to believe her, and when right. someone does, uh, they they you know it just it's a good that's a good movie. I remember. And- yeah. But uh, I'm sorry, I'm just all over the place. How they did it was they took a mold of Barbara Hershey. I think she passed away uh, last year. Uh-huh. Uh, R.I.P. Barbara Hershey. Um, they made a mold of her body. And then, so what you're looking at is a, a very, I mean, I got it in 4K, so it doesn't look as cool real. as it did it yeah. doesn't look as real yeah. it looks that's a little one too thing real. about, about it looks 4K. a little it's... too real yeah. <laughs> it's like i can see the stitching but uh-huh. uh like so only thing on that body is that's real is her head she's okay. underneath it and her body is underneath this hollowed out bed and then the her mold of her body it was put on top and then they you know make up to make it look like one yeah. body same way they did with um with um, it's the same technique that was used in Friday the 13th, the original, where Kevin Bacon gets an arrow through the neck. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. It's his head, but everything else is not not real. So when yeah. that arrow's that arrow's coming through his neck, you know, it's the you know, it's it's I, like uh, a stage guy and him pushing it through his own neck. I forgot that was Kevin Bacon, but yeah. Now that you've pointed out, I'm like, yeah, it's coming clearly through my mind. But the thing about the entity that freaks me out is, even though that movie was done in the early 80s, it's still creepy now. It's still, and it's an allegory for what women have to suffer. I mean, she's being sexually assaulted by a ghost. And there's not a fucking thing she can do about it. So talk about a Me Too movie. (laughs) <laughs> you know <laughs> just and i it almost was my number one um but my number one is yeah my number one so what's your number one um oh you know what I, I am so sorry barbara hershey is still alive oh i thought she died last year too okay. i thought she died too well good for um, her still hanging she's, on she's 75 okay good for her um still looks great i'm sure she does She's got the money to do that. Hey, I still look great, kind of. Yeah, you're fine. He's like, oh, yeah, you're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Uh Uh, You're not a Barbara Hershey, but who Mm -mm. is? Mm -mm. Hey, you know what? Uh, As your platonic friend, I can honestly say you still have a nice set of of (laughs) tatas. Well, thank you. They weren't where they were 30 years ago, but who's are? But but who's are? (laughs) Yeah, but who's are? (laughs) But anyway. um, my number one, all tits aside, <laughs> my number one uh, is a classic, and it's mm-hmm. something I revisit. Uh, I wouldn't say annually, but quite a bit, and it's a great entry into horror. In fact, Eloise loved it when I showed it to her, and that's Poltergeist. Okay, yes. Also a wonderful movie, creepy as fuck. Yeah. And uh, d- directed by Toby Hooper, but not really. <laughs> I mean, it has, I mean, it he uh the story you know that you know because it's a steven spielberg produced film right but at the time steve was spielberg was doing et and in the director's guild you can't direct two movies two different movies from two different companies at the same time 
But that's exactly what he did. Oh yeah, no, he. I mean, it. everybody <laughs> said, even people on, you know, they to this day he says, "Oh, my buddy," because he was good friends with Toby Hooper. Toby Hooper is the director of the and creator of the Te- Texas Chainsaw Massacre movies, and to- Toby Hooper was kind of a known horror director. But um, but if you if you talk about it or watch a, a review of it, it's always Steven Spielberg's. Yeah. yeah, because it, it totally is. It yeah. feels like a Spielberg. Some of the t- filming techniques back then, Spielberg oh. was really close. He was he was, he liked to do the scan and pan. I mm-hmm. mean, no one else was doing that or the push pull. That's all Spielberg stuff. Spielberg created that that effect, but it's used in Poltergeist. Um, there's plenty of movies that look like. The stylistically and tonally that look like that that Spielberg has done, not one Toby Hooper movie looks like Poltergeist. Right. That he's, right. Of all his movies, none of them look like that. Right. And he and just even, took a cut. <laughs> yeah. It, he, you know, he he just you know say, hey, you basically what happened. I mean, I mean, and, uh, and no one will say this that's still working, but people that have worked on that movie said, you know, they kind of said, well. Toby Hooper directed it, but you know, I think he, you know, but Spielberg was there every day. He did what he was told. He did what he was told. Yeah, it, you know, it was just, you know, it'd be like he, he didn't want to get kicked out of the guild, Spielberg. So he mm-hmm. hired his friend, who's a known horror director, to sit in a chair and say that he directed it and take the credit and take the money. But he, it's, it's fucking a Spielberg movie That's... through and well, through. Here's the thing. I'm sure you know this, but many people may not. So in the scene where shit's going down and there's all these skeletons. Yeah, and there's in the in the pool. In the pool. They're real skeletons. Yeah. They actually, and this is what floors me because an anatomical like human skeleton is like hundreds if of dollars. Like to buy for like, you know, teaching. I know this because when I was teaching kinesiology, I asked the college for a skeleton and they were like, well, we can't buy you one because it's going to be like $800 for a human skeleton. But back then they used human skeletons because it was cheaper than making them. Yeah. They would, they would ship them from India mm-hmm. and they buy, bought them in bulk and it would have cost almost twice as much to get the fake ones to, because the, yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, they decided to get the fake ones, the, the real ones, uh-huh. and not tell the actors. See, yeah, it was gross. Yeah, so there's bones a scene where she, where, where the mom. Oh, I mean, these have been bleached. In yeah. fact, when they they said when they got them, no they bones were, still smells they, even bleached. <laughs> well, they were bleached, and then they made them up to look like they were from the ground. Yeah. But she's like, she, you know, she didn't know. She's like, she she found out. Uh, much later, like years later, that she was swimming in there with actual skeletons, actual human bones. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, uh, but a great movie still holds up. Uh, great story. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it's a fabulous story. Everybody who is involved in that story, as far as main actors, died some horrific death. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, it's funny, though, because the little girl that played the little girl, Carol Ann, uh, back in the day, they said she died of complications from pneumonia. But now they're saying it was an undiagnosed bowel obstruction. So um, she actually died. 
pneumonia it she died from the pneumonia she that's that's true but it's because of uh what she had um uh, what is her she had um it's kind of like you know um if you die from covid because your immune system is just wrecked from having right. like HIV. So, mm-hmm. you know, so you, you have HIV, but you died because the, the complications COVID, H- of, yeah, that's so that's basically what it was. She had, uh, she did have a bowel thing. Uh, well, it could have been caused by the medications they gave her for the pneumonia because that would cause her to, you know, have issues. Um, oh god there's a dis- i forgot the name of the disease she had i'll have to look it up in any case <laughs> you're like I'll have yes. to look. nobody cares oh <laughs> uh, you know nobody there's cares. a few people that may care but are you, are what you is looking? your what is your number one <clears throat> the shining oh i like the shining i you know and it's funny because when it first came out I had read the book and the book and the movie did not follow each other. And I hated it. I hated it all through my teenage years. And then I revisited it again in my twenties and I've watched this movie, God, seven or eight times. And I've read the book at least three or four times. And I love this movie. I love the things, the, the imagery, the ugly carpet in the hotel and all of the chaotic um, symbolism of that carpets I love the way Kubrick did it. I love the, even the, the fucking conspiracy theories that Wendy is actually, it's all happening in Wendy's mind. Um, I love everything about The Shining, even though Jack Nicholson isn't always my favorite. And I think mm, he did it perfectly. I just love The Shining. It's creepy. There's so many. That's why I love it is there's so many because of the conspiracies and the conjectures and the fan theories and everything that it has spurned that's why i love it because you can watch it five different ways and come up with different conclusions of what happened yeah and it's one of those very few characters but still very compelling exactly um and uh, you know i kind of uh i kind of wish that um they stuck more to, I mean, it's no, Kubrick. I wish they had stuck more to the book, but it is yeah. Kubrick. He is a prima donna. No, he's yeah. a diva. I'm sorry. He can back his shit up. He's a diva. <laughs> he's also, a fu- he was a fucking asshole though. Oh, I know. A real, a real fucking asshole. Well, most uh, geniuses are. <laughs> uh, oh, back to uh, just real sidebar. Uh, Heather O'Rourke contracted Gardi, Gardiasis, Gidaras, Gai, Gai, Gia Darisis. Thank you, because yeah. her family lived on uh, on a. They had like land. They lived in a real secluded, rural area, and they had well water. She contracted. Oh, so that she got disease. she got Giardia, and it developed into yeah. Okay. Yeah, so it got into her intestinal tracts, and then mm-hmm. she died from toxic shock from that. Giardia is bad shit. If you're around cattle, you can get it. Yeah. 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 So, so. that's uh, just, yeah that. That's what got her. Anyway, back to The Shining. <laughs> yes, back to The Shining. I mean, to be honest, I'd say in the top three of Jack Nicholson's best roles, um, all practical effects 
What I and, love about that movie. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to cut well, you off. Well, and even when you think about the elevator scene with the blood coming out and that being a practical effect, that yeah. was fucking amazing that they did that. Yeah. What I like is that the entire movie. Um, the, I was going to, it's funny. I was going to show this movie to Eloise because she's like, she's wanting to watch horror, but she's just like, dipping her toe in it well, she'll never 12. go into this but she's yeah but, but uh, she'll be 13 next month i know but uh she's she wants to be a fan of horror but she'll never get into the deep end of the pool like i have it's like there's you, you there's things i've seen you you should never see <laughs> the serbian film <laughs> the oh, serbian no. film yeah she'll uh. never if she sees that it won't be because of me i'm not gonna oh let god her i'm not gonna show that to her <laughs> but um uh, I love in The Shining that Jack Nicholson is bare. This entire movie, even because you know, because he's you know, just like the book, he's on he's on the wagon, uh-huh. and he's barely keeping it together. Just to uh-huh. drive up there, it's just like you see this simmering rage. He's just fresh to, on the wagon. Yeah, yeah, it just needs to be just tapped into, just unlocked, and then it's all gonna spill out. It's just uh, yeah, and then when he. Uh, finally loses his shit it's just it's pretty good it's a great movie expertly of course expertly shot beautiful to look at just everything like the room 237 um you know everything even the even the last panning shot up to the photograph of the hotel from the 30s you know party like just just it's one of king's best books and even though King hated the movie and I hated it for years, as an adult, I've come You hated to, The Shining? I hated it in my teens. Because it Why? Didn't, because it didn't follow the book and I was such a Stephen King, like, hardcore. Oh, weird. I, I was like, I, I read The Shining and I, you know, I saw the movie and I, I just looked at him as separately. I I was so enmeshed in King uh, back then in my teens that I did not like it because it didn't. The only thing I still to this day don't like is the little I've got my thing in my finger that talks creepy. I thought they could have done that better. Yeah, that was the, that's now the only thing I'm like, eh, that could have been done better. Um, I do love the fact that they were able to film that with that kid having no idea that it was ever a horror movie. Yeah, that was just great. <laughs> um, yeah, it was, yeah, that was that was kind of cool when you find out he had no idea it was in a horror movie. Um, because the way they shot around all the horror and he would react to stuff that he didn't see, so mm-hmm. it was just pretty good. It's pretty good. Um, did you like? Uh, I I like the sequel book and the sequel movie, even though the what is cool about the sequel movie is that they incorporate stuff from the book. Yes, that didn't happen in the movie, but anyone reading knows. Oh, this is like I thought it was a clever way to do it. I like I like Doctor Sleep. I did I like, like Doctor Sleep and I the like movie. The book and the movie. Yep, I liked them both. I absolutely yeah. liked them both. And even though I'd have to say, as a King novel, it's maybe a softer, um, like a softer read than The Shining. Oh, yeah. But yeah, The Shining was the heyday of his, like, ah, I'm doing all the drugs, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's like he's mellowed as he's matured. 
And well, if you look at his work, I mean, you mm-hmm. and I, yeah, we're Stephen Stephen King nerds. Yeah, so if you look at his work, he his cocaine fueled years are so far behind him. He's so much. He's done so much more sober than not. Yeah. At this point, I mean, almost three times as much. Yeah. And uh, well, he's been sober and, thirty something. Yeah, years. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, because he quit. Early nineties. Early, yeah, early nineties, and he's been he he's pretty much put out a book a year or more since. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's just kind of crazy. It's like uh, some of those things I would attribute to, like man, he's just cocaine fueled. But then you get other shit like The Outsider. Oh God, that was love that brutal. Oh, it was brutal. Both the TV or the TV show, movie, and yeah. series, and the book. I mean, oh. that was brutal. Oh. And uh, so I know he has it in him. That's that's pulling from a dark place. Uh, did you uh, just on the topic of Stephen King, real quick? Uh-huh. Uh, so that was your number one. Uh-huh. Um, uh, have you read Holly yet? No, I haven't read it yet. Oh man, it's pretty fucking good. Excellent. I, I love that character. I love that character. I will I will put it in the list. Have you Fucking... read have you read Zombie Fallout yet? No, I I, I started an audiobook, uh-huh. but it had but I haven't finished it. Okay. I'm on vacation, so I usually save audiobooks for work. Mm-hmm. That way it helps me get through the day. So I, I will be revisiting it, but I only got like two or three I probably like twenty or thirty minutes in. Uh-huh. So it's uh it's something I want to finish, but I haven't gotten to. There's like six books. There's 22 of that series. Yes, it's oh, they're shit. all novellas though. But well, yeah, I don't count those. I count the the the, the you know yeah the the beef the meat the meat. And, There's uh, like six main yeah. In any okay. case, um, I will put Holly on my list. Um, I haven't read a good King since Doctor Sleep. So try Holly. I okay. really enjoyed it. I mean, it's the character from The Outsider. Oh, oh, it is okay. Yeah, that Holly. Okay. Uh, uh, you know the uh, kind of autistic, uh, mm-hmm. soft spoke. Yeah, her. It's her. Uh, Holly from The Outsider. She, uh, um, uh, it's just it's about her character. One of her cases. Excellent. And so everybody listening. Go to our TikTok at Nomad Flicks and watch all of the short films that we put together and worked yes. really hard on. In fact, one just put up today. Actually. Yes. And it's, I don't want you to watch them because I'm in a lot of them. Um, I just want you to watch them because <laughs> we worked really hard on them. Yes. And Thanks. I plan on doing more, more stuff. I just, uh, really getting we're really getting back into doing more uh film stuff so uh we'll talk about those when they come but, but i got some stuff on the pike i really want to do and... so uh that being said i think we've uh overstayed uh, we our will, welcome we've overstayed <laughs> our welcome we will come back uh to do more horror corner st- horror corner Hall segment bar. But it won't horror. be a week-to-week thing like this October was. Well, I mean, but, you uh, can do Horror Corner, but that's just like Saturday night at the club. <laughs> well, I, my club days are long behind me. Mine but, are too. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know about that. All right, folks. Uh, this is the end of this episode. We will see you 
Well, I will see you next week. Shoots. <laughs>